I'm speaking with one of my uh, personal favorite composers, Mr. Lauren Balf, uh, who has quickly become one of the most prominent composers working today. This year, he received an Emmy nomination for his score to Restless. Lauren also worked on the massive uh, The Bible miniseries. Uh, other recent projects include Girl Rising, The Frozen Ground, Salinger, Side by Side, Blackwood, Red Wing, and Beyond Two Souls. My goodness, how do you find uh, any time to sleep, Lauren? <laughs> Um, I, I don't sleep. I think sleep's overrated. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for talking today. It's great to chat again. My pleasure. Looking forward to it. Uh, so you've been a, a busy guy uh, since the last time we chatted. You were just in Spain uh, headlining the Playfest Festival with a 30-minute concert, and you won the Gold Spirit Award for uh, Best Video Game Score to Assassin's Creed Three. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It was, it was, it was a wonderful, it was a wonderful experience because I think I, I, uh, I never, I, I've never done a concert before. And so it's quite overwhelming. And especially the, the difficult thing is, is that a lot of the Assassin's Creed music is, uh, was, is very production based. Right. And it's uh, it's very difficult for uh, an orchestra to, to try to have the same spirit as the main music from Assassin's because we haven't got any native um, Native American singing because that's not going to be possible. And uh, in the theme, there's like five different types of native flutes and there's so many instruments. It's very difficult to try to create that, uh, uh, the essence of what those pieces are. So uh, it's uh, it was a it was a great exercise and um, trying to on the spot rearrange music to make it work for an orchestra. So it was um, it was a lot of fun. And then also we got to uh, I, I wrote two special suites that, uh, that were premiered at it for uh, for Beyond Two Souls that nobody had heard. So it was nice to kind of unleash that to uh, to the world also. And, I mean, yeah, so this was your first concert, and you're performing in front of a huge, you know, audience live. Uh, what what was that feeling like to be in front of, a, you know, to have that kind of organic uh, re response from a live audience? Well, I think, I think it, would have been, it would have been better if I hadn't chickened out and decided not to conduct. <laughs> so I think, it, <laughs> I think, I, think uh, I, I, spent so, I spent so long during every rehearsal um, sitting with the percussion section <laughs> and uh, coming, uh, uh, that I basically got to the last minute and I was like, oh gosh, I can't do it. <laughs> and um, and, and uh, so I, I was a big chicken. Uh, but it was um, no, it, it was it, it was um, it, it was wonderful to just sit and I think the main thing about it is that a, a girl came up to me afterwards who was fifteen and said that she had never seen an orchestra in her life, and the reason she came to, to this concert was because she loved game music, and if it hadn't been for this a festival, the Playfest festival, she would have never. She said, "I would have never have come to see seen an orchestra." So I think I think it's 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 a great you know, way of bridging the gap for wow. for everybody to 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 sit and listen to this music that that really the majority of the time gets ignored. I think the game music it's it's um, the, the gamer kind of plays and it and it's and it helps create the the, um, the experience. But with with a concert, you have nowhere to hide. Right. So it's all all laid out on the table, and it's, uh, 
um, it's just, it's a, it was a great experience for all the composers there, and 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 the audience loved it because I think also it was the first time to see uh, how how much this music means to people, and and the gaming community are far more harsh <laughs> and loyal uh, than film music fans. They they uh, I, I think when I started getting into games. I, I regularly get emails telling me where I go wrong with my music, <laughs> very regularly. And with, uh, and with and with films, I, I don't really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you really—I mean, with Modern Warfare Two, Assassin's Creed Three, Skylanders—you really made a huge uh, presence in the video game world. And I'm very excited for Beyond Two Souls. I mean, Heavy Rain was one of my favorite games, and it's such a unique experience. I think David Cage really found that like thin line between structured narrative and interactive gameplay that has you know never been done before so what what were your initial conversations with him like what was the goal musically for beyond two souls for this particular story well you know when i started properly doing games about three four years ago um whenever you have a meeting people would cross-reference other films Mm-hmm. And they would say, "Well, we want it like this film score. We want it like that film score." And now, I never—it's never mentioned. People, games are their own identity, and and with David, it was—it's a very cinematic game, mm-hmm. the most cinematic game I've ever worked on. But um, and it was a case of what, what is the sound of this world, and and, and it was a very difficult thing. It's like any project. When somebody has created a character and and lived uh, and lived with this character for for five six years, um, for me to then come in and say this is the theme for this for this lead actress, um, it was a it was a long process of of getting the right emotion to represent her. Mm-hmm. And da- and David. David is is a very unique person because he wears two two hats. Um, I I, th- I think some of the comments on YouTube kind of sum it up. Is it a game or is it a film? Right. You, you can't quite, people don't quite know how to mark uh, to to pigeonhole it. And I don't think it's meant to be. It's both, and that's the way things are going to go um, nowadays. So. So it, it was. It was a very. It, it was a, the, one of the hardest projects I've worked on because it, it is. Um, this game is very complicated in regards to the way it works and, uh, and and the different options that can arise from each decision you make in life in right. this game. So um, there will be a lot of music that every single player playing it will never hear. Because they may go down a different path, and that will change the that will change the decisions. So um, it, it was a very difficult thing, and also to try to you know it's a difficult one to talk about because I don't want to say stuff because it can give it away right, and, right. and 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 ruin the experience. But the thing is that because the lead character and her, and her journey through life, it was to try to make sure that we were I was being respectful to her. And um, and and I think David was a good, good uh, sergeant major and controlled me when I went a bit extreme sometimes. <laughs> and because I mean, you're saying how tricky that is because I think because most video games, it's 
you know, the player who kind of embodies the protagonist. Uh, you control their actions and movements, so in a way, it's, it becomes your journey and you're personified into them. But in David's games, you see the actor's face, the performance, the line delivery, and you're watching their journey like you're watching a film. So when you're writing the music, are you keeping the story's characters in mind or are you keeping the, the player's experience in mind? Or how do you juggle those two? Well, it, the, the thing is, is that this game, unlike any of the other games uh, I, I've worked on, I'm unable to tell what the game, what the player's experience will be. Right. Because because each route, each decision will affect a different path of of, uh, of the storyline. So so I think to me it's like any gaming situation. You you have to rely on on your director in games and and the audio team because the composer doesn't fully. We can't fully understand the whole concept of the game play because. We don't sit there. in a film. I will sit there, and once a week, I will just watch the film, and then I'll go back to just writing particular scenes and just going into certain parts of them. But then I always step back and I watch it in one big arc. Now the difficult thing with a game is that I don't have uh, with assassins. I don't have 28 hours to sit every week and play the game. Right. Yeah. And also, I'm unable to get past the first 30 minutes sometimes because <laughs> I'm so bad. So, so the thing is that it, you, it's, it's a very big team effort, and, and you have to have the, the audio team from the game company controlling and monitoring how much music there is. And so they help you a lot because it, it, it is very difficult to be able to fully, fully understand the full world. We can understand the plot, and we can understand the the characters, but in regards to where music should be and how much music there should be, it's it, with assassins. There was all you know. I think people complain that well, there's not enough ambient music. Where's the ambient music gone? And you should have done it. And it's 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 it's, it's a hard one to decide because in a film, you know, this is an hour and a half. We know we know the we know the pacing of it, but with the game. It, it, there is no pacing because you could just simply stop moving mm-hmm. or just slowly walk. So the, the timeline is far, is far more different. And uh, so how, how much music do you, would you say you composed for Beyond Two Souls? Um, probably, I think, it'll probably be about three or four hours. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> Which, but the thing is, is that I think I always, I always try to make sure that one thing that always annoys me is the repetitiveness of music. Mm-hmm. And I think that also annoys a lot of gamers. Um, so I always try to make sure if I write something that I try to kind of always, in the back of my head, say, oh, there could be another interpretation of doing this. Mm-hmm. So now, kind of moving away from games, you, you worked on Salinger. Uh, you're no stranger yeah. to the documentary genre. But this must no. have been a challenging project. I mean, the subject of the documentary is almost a myth, uh, you know, a legend, so uh, such a big recluse. Uh, so what was fueling your score for this film? What did you shape the music around? Well, it challenged it, it, it was, was, was a very, very hard project because of the timeline. We were on it, and the shame was on it for 10 years, yeah, and yeah. I was on it. And I was kind of a baby. I was only on it for about three and a half years. So um, 
it, it, it's been a long journey uh, and it's been a difficult one because the subject matter has been so secretive. Um, I still haven't even seen how it ends <laughs> and I still haven't seen particular scenes in it. So, so there's, um, I'm looking forward to this weekend going and <laughs> watching it in the cinema because then, then, then I'll find out what, 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 what everybody's been talking about. So it's, it's, um, it's very difficult to, um, and also you, you write in, uh, writing for somebody that has been so, uh, so important to people's lives. You know, Shane, Shane and I, the director and I, we had a lot of talk regarding what is the music for writing actually in their eye. And that's quite an intimidating thing. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's, it's very like the Bible project where how do you write a piece of music that represents Christ being crucified? Uh, it, it, it's a it's it's a very intimidating thing because it means so much to people and and you have to kind of be able to express what uh, what what it means um and Salinger really has affected people and you and you see that by the the the, the you talk to people and, and that was their that was their book that changed their lives so it was it was a, a very intimidating project, but it was a fun project because you I would sometimes not work on it for months and ends, and all of a sudden a scene would arise arrive and I'd start working on it. So so it's been a wonderful roller coaster, and uh, and I you know I, I personally I, I've just got fond memories of, of of working on it because it's been so long and. Yeah. Uh, uh, and his storyline, Salinger's life was just fascinating, and and how the war changed who he was, and and I think documentaries are so important nowadays, and 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 at the moment, it's it's strange. I, I kind of go through spells where I went, I did a lot of games, and now I'm kind of stepping back, and now at the moment I'm in the middle of four documentaries. Right. Um, and uh, actually five, um, and um, but so I kind of do lots of spells, and then next year I get back into films. But documentaries, to me, it's with the way we live, people don't have time to sit back and and I feel learn things from television. Television and film is all about quick in, uh, experiences, and 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 documentary. You learn things from it, and I just find that fascinating because Salinger, the first time I watched it, I had never, I didn't know who J.D. Salinger was in my ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, but catching the I was not part of, of the literature being brought up in, in the Highlands of Scotland. So, so um, when I watched the documentary for the first time, I was blown away. I was like, how, how, how has this man bypassed me in my life? Right. So, I mean, you, you're working on documentaries. Do you find yourself becoming uh, really emotionally attached to the subject matter and the material, and does that really fuel your writing? Uh, yes, because the thing is is that you, you live in a very short space of time. You live somebody's life where you see how they became who they were. And I find that fascinating. It's like reading biographies. You see how everybody's life, how... To each direction be, makes somebody who they are, 
and and all and each documentary I'm working on at the moment is based on 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 a on a lead character just like Salinger, and they and you see you see what what made them who they then became, and and I think it's just you get very invested in it because they uh, you it's like anything when you're working on a film you're staring there for 20 hours a day at the screen <laughs> yeah. you begin to you begin to think you know them so when so when you when you walk into a shop and you see somebody i, I sometimes get confused i think wait a minute uh, i know her i can't just, I, 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 it's difficult to kind of separate yourself sometimes all right um well i also wanted to touch on the frozen ground which you worked uh under director Scott Walker, who is making his yeah. feature debut with this film, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. so what's it like working with a newcomer director? You know, you've you've been in this game for a while. You've worked with Hans a lot on big projects, and he's coming into it and kind of getting his feet wet for the first time. Was he more open as a director to your point of view, maybe? Since uh, or is uh, uh, did you teach him no. some things? <laughs> oh, I thought I. Uh, I no, how to cook hamburgers? That was it, I think. Um, no, I, I think Scott. Scott is. Um, it, I wouldn't have been able to know if he hadn't told me that he had not made a film before. Um, I, I think he made a beautiful film, and I think, I think it, it, it was a true story, and he had, he had invested his life into this story and wanted it to be uh, wanted it to be told, and. Um, he had spent time with the real Cindy and the, and all the people in that film in real life. So it was um, he wanted the story to be told, and and working in the studio with him, there was there was never any insecurity with what he wanted. He knew what he wanted. He had a sound in his head, and and he just he he wanted to find a composer that could try to get that out of his head, mm-hmm. and. Um, and there was there was no insecurities with his ability to be able to say if something was rubbish. That's for sure. But um, I think I think you have to. Uh, that that's what composing's about. A lot of the time was spent. It's not necessarily about sitting and writing music. It's about working with somebody. Directors don't they don't necessarily start going into detail and saying, well, your C sharp should be a. Uh, an F sharp minor chord. It, it, we don't, they don't go into that. They just say their the emotions, and we had to translate that with music. So it was a it was a great exercise in um, you know I, I think I've made a, a a lifelong friend now with Scott, and hopefully we'll, we will work together again. But there was there's, there's, there was no difference working with Scott than working with any other director that had done. 50 films, a, a good director has a vision of what he or she is making. And uh, if they don't, then, then the whole production will be, will, will be loose. All right. Well, that makes, it makes your job easier when you have a director who knows what he wants or he or she wants, you know? Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's, that it, it, it's, it's, it's just the same as going into a a cake shop and saying, well, I don't know if I want a sponge or if I want a fruit cake. I don't know. Uh, if, you, if you walk in and say, I'd love a fruit cake, please, then, then, um, then there's some direction and then, then you've got focus. But, but the thing is that you, you can experiment and bring new ideas to the table. But, but Scott had written this script and, lived, uh, and had been there 
and 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 had a had a vision for the school, but didn't necessarily know what how to explain it. So so that's what that's where the fun comes along. I think if right. you just left to sit there, if you're left to sit there and write, and everything gets approved, and you get no input, it's rather boring. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Lauren, uh, thanks so much for for talking today. It was My a, pleasure. It's an honor and a pleasure as usual. And uh, uh, keep up all that you're doing because you're you know keeping our ears hap- uh, busy and very happy. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you.